0: Let's get incestuous with it. Yeah.
1: Let's get incestuous. Allie, when you were a cheerleader, was there a cheer like that that we could do? You could put those words into the cheer. Let's go. Let's get incestuous. No?
0: What are you saying right now?
1: What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? That's like one of the core elements to Game of Thrones is the incest. And also, I'm applying Allie's cheerleading past. To the incestuous nature of Game of
0: Thrones. My notes are pretty sparse here, but I can recall the show pretty well. I remember that Game of Thrones happened. It's House of the Dragon, Steven. Get with the times. <laughs> can we just say, it's a shame they never made season 7 and 8 of Game of Thrones, the original show. It still is the title, Game of Thrones, the House of the Dragon. Is it really?
1: Yes. Just like, just like the Lord of the Rings. Just like Rings of Power. Rings of Power. Yeah. Really what cool. a mouthful. You well, gotta capitalize. Well, it's still a Game of it Thrones. Has be, bec- it has to sell it. It has to have the association. It, I, I agree that it should be the House of the Dragon, but it's not.
0: It's game. I bet you most people still just call it Game of Thrones. Yeah. They're the new show. They're like, hey, you see the recent Game of Thrones? Yeah, it doesn't matter. The water cooler talk. But what are we talking about today, Gabe? Today, Steven, we're talking about HBO's House of the Dragon. Yeah. A.K.A. The newest Game of Thrones property because they're launching or they're trying to launch several new shows. A cinematic out of universe, that. yeah. Even though George still hasn't finished his books.
1: Yep, he said he's. I I just read a quote this week that he's <laughs> he's uh, sixteen hundred pages in.
0: It's something. It, he, there's always like a new story, but yeah. Um for the for today's cast we're doing. House of the Dragon, in the last, I think, George G-O-T. George's main series has run, I think, about 30 years or so in publication, but in the meanwhile, he's released several smaller books and novels and Ooh. short stories inside of the universe. One of those things, one of those stories, those narratives, is called, I think, Fire and Blood, and that is where we are adapting the story from to make House of the Dragon, the TV show. Nice. It's a story that takes place over several decades. It's... The story of um, a Targaryen uh, civil war, basically, an in-family conflict that takes place roughly 170 years before our main Game of Thrones timeline.
1: 170. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify because it almost sounded like you said 107.
0: Yeah, 172, I think, to be exact, was where we began our first episode from, I think it was Daenerys' birth is what it kind of marked that point at. Nice. So... We have a lot of not familiar faces, but familiar names, houses, locations even in the House of the Dragon.
1: But we have a very familiar face with us today. Yeah, we do. In the face of my wife. <laughs> your wife, Ali Burnett. Ali Burnett, thank you for being here with us.
2: My pleasure. It's always great to have you on.
1: <laughs> great to be I here. I love your perspective and your voice, oh, and you. I love your looks and the way that you move. Go on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: thank you very much. The way you inhabit the space.
1: I like your opinions.
0: Yeah, it is a nice balance to this testosterone field podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I don't, there's not much testosterone coming from me. We
0: even the... don't disagree very often. As well, a, as a two That's
1: true. That's true, but I think it's because you're scared. What? Yeah.
0: Wait, what was what were we watching? Oh, it was Rings of Power when they're talking about how many rings to make. Oh yeah. And is like, one corrupts. Two divides, right. but three uh, balances. Mm. balances or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is nice to have a third voice on the
1: podcast.
2: Mm, yes.
0: Yeah. And it'll be a more rare, rare occurrence, I think, these days. Well, we don't record very much in case that's not been made abundantly clear by now. Whenever this, it'll be like December 2023 when this <laughs> podcast comes out. Just joking. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. But it makes it all the more special. The scarcity. Scarcity mm. makes it precious. <laughs> <laughs> makes it delicious. You have to savor these episodes. Uh, mm. the, this.
1: the scarcity is is what Mufasa's brother called his reign over all of the territory in <laughs> the Lion King.
0: Scarcity. <laughs> yeah. That was was that a pun? Yes. Scarcity. Yeah. Oh, that was funny.
1: Should write that down. I just said it. It is recorded. Okay, so... Uh, House of the Dragon. Lots of interesting stuff here. Yeah. It's and a big
2: deal to have games on
0: specs.
1: It's true. Similarly to how we talked about the Silmarillion being an influence for what became the Rings of Power in it taking kind of liberties based off of, you know, kind of a rundown of, you know, chronology and history of people and events. Yeah. This is... Is this whole show is also based off of, like Gabe said, that work from George R. Martin? Is it Double R?
0: Yeah, Fuck. just like Tolkien, I guess.
1: George R. R. Martin. He probably did that because of Tolkien. Uh, but
0: nobody knows what the R's stand for. Nobody r- really knows. Really,
1: really, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so stupid,
2: really, really <laughs> ridiculous. To George
1: really, really much, but no, it's it's a lot of it is adapted and written uh, really well, you know, to be to have a very good story, but based off of you know very short sentences and events that they, that take place, and they are taking some liberty, but I think it's also a little bit more thorough than the Silmarillion was written. So,
0: well, we should say on that note that while Tolkien is dead, House of the Dragon's showrunner. Ryan Condal did have George R. R. Martin with him while creating this show. There you go. And unfortunately, that was not the case for the second half of our previous Game of Thrones show, which some people might say correlates with the declining quality, quality. Of, that, of that show. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's really two big names when it comes to showrunners. It's Ryan Condal and um, George R. R. Martin. So,
1: oh, he produced it. Yeah. Oh, I did not. know that.
0: They're credited as co-showrunners. I think. Wow, I didn't know he showran it or at least executive produce. They're doing a great job. But like D&D from the last show, Ryan Condal's basically the guy who is running this this he's new show. He's the guy. And I think, I don't know much about Ryan, but I do know he's a super fan of Martin's works and he'll probably see this through yeah. in a different way than our uh, D&D did.
1: I do have to say, you know, right off the bat, I think this season of Game of Thrones was a better season than the last two or three seasons of Game of Thrones. It's not sure. a high
0: bar, Steven. Sure. To low bar.
1: <laughs> can you, t- can you say there was no you bar? Wanna, you want to walk us through the cast? Sure. A wonderful cast of characters. Once again, we've got a... Ensemble.
0: An ensemble. A fantastic list of names. Some I know probably starting with Matt Smith. <gasps> the Doctor. The Doctor as Prince Damon Targaryen.
1: The 11th Doctor, to be exact.
0: The 11th Doctor. We also have Rhys Ifans. Is that how you say his name? Uh, I've always said right. Re- well, I think it was... I think it's Rice...
1: Aphens. yeah.
0: He played Sir Otto Hightower. Yes, he did. Patriarch of the Greens. We also have uh, Fabian Frankel as Sir Kristen Cole. Graham McTavish as Sir Harold the, Westerling. Uh, the
1: unaging Kristen
0: Cole. Yeah, there are a couple people who don't age in the show. And I'm he's somewhere
1: between 20 and 50. Send me that picture.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, Patty Considine, who is another big name. Yeah. Who I think has been in a lot of... Uh,
1: what is yeah, why does that sound so familiar? He's
0: in all those um, Oh it's the guy. Yeah, he's the guy. It's the guy. I mean When you said Patty, I thought P A T T Y. He's one of uh, Edgar Wright's regulars. Oh right. Um, he played King Viserys one. King sorry, Viserys the first right. Targaryen. Um, um
1: he stole the show for
0: me. We also had Eve Best as Princess Renice Targaryen, the yeah. elder cousin. She was phenomenal. She's great. Uh, Steve Toussaint as her husband, Lord Corliss the Sea Snake Valerian, Lord of Driftmark. We had some Lannisters this time around. Jefferson Hall played the twins, Tyland and Jason. And um, we haven't really said the, the lead actresses' names. Millie Alcock played the younger version of Rhaenyra, who is our one of our main characters, the older version of which was portrayed by Emma to and they share screen time. You said Alcott, Alcock. It's with a CK? Oh. Like all the I cock. I thought it was Alcock. So they, the 10-episode the show is split in half. The first five, um, uh, Renice or Rhaenyra, rather, is played by Millie, and then the last five, it's played by Emma to Similarly with the character Alison Hightower, the first half is played by Emily Carey, and then the second half of the show, they age her up with Olivia Cook, who is also another well-known name. Sonoya Mizuno uh, plays Misaria. Lord Lionel Strong is played by Gavin Spooks. Har- Harwin Breakbone Strong is played by Ryan Corr. Do you say the son of the sea
1: snake, who was the husband of the gay husband? Uh, uh
0: I think he's down here somewhere because he was only in a couple episodes. No spoilers.
1: There's a lot of kids.
0: That was John McMillan played Lenore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the older version. Yeah. And there's, we, since the, the first uh, season of this show, it's worth noting probably before yeah. we move on. Yeah. Covers, I think like almost 20 years in time, but yeah. to set up the main conflict of the show, which will comprise the next few seasons. So they age our actors up, some of them, yeah. multiple times. Yeah. Especially the younger cast. By, so we,
1: by switching actors. Yeah.
0: So as Rhaenyra and Allison have children, we see them like at, Two or three different points throughout their growing up to become teenagers and 20 something year olds. Yep. So I I can read all those names if you want. No. Okay. We're good. Well, (laughs) I'm sure we'll be talking
1: about them in years to come.
0: Yeah. We will or we won't, depending. Who knows? A lot of people can die in this show. A lot of people. A lot of blood. A A lot of fire and a lot of blood. Yeah, a couple of them already died.
1: Spoilers. We won't say who. Wink. (laughs) 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 It was Ned some dragons that there's a lot of dragons in the show
0: there are many dragons
1: uh more so than the three we had in the original game of thrones yeah
0: let's talk about the show yeah well we kind of set the stage with the story
1: there's a lot of stuff to talk about targaryen civil war yeah
0: i don't know i don't know what to even talk about
1: here i i it's a lot darker than lord of the rings i can tell you that much
0: yeah i mentioned in a previous podcast there's a lot of birth. And almost as much birth as there is death in this show.
1: Well, the, 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 birth, the births don't work out so well.
0: There's a thing with incest where sometimes it doesn't happen as well as you'd like. like it's not an incestuous thing, is it? No, not. Incest causes problems with birth. Yeah, but It's well documented. No, I
2: don't, not all the, not all, anyways. Not, not every the, time. All, <laughs> no, not all the, the births were incestuous just a lot. Of them. But yeah, I was thinking about how this season was different from Game of Thrones in that like there was certainly yeah, that like yes it explores like the theme um like the themes of of succession. Um and that's illustrated with all of the agonizing mm. birth scenes. Um like for example the the first one um,
1: in the episode 1
2: in episode 1 and um Emma being the mother who goes through it and then King Viserys um he makes you know the call for a uh, spoiler alert a C-section a medi- medieval C-section obviously no anesthesia
0: keyword on medieval um <laughs>
2: uh, without her consent and there's
0: medieval
2: um i i found a quote by one of the show runners this how do you say his name Sapochnik Sapochnik
0: Sapochnik Sapochnik
2: Sapotnik, He stated, you can't ignore the violence that was perpetuated on women by men in that time. Mm. It shouldn't be downplayed and it shouldn't be glorified. Mm. Um, And then a few weeks later, a producer and writer, Sarah Hess, further clarified that none of the show's depictions of violence against women would include sexualized violence. Mm -hmm. She elaborated that instead we choose to focus on the violence against women that is an inherent in a patriarchal system Yeah. our female leads in the first half of the show are coerced and manipulated into doing the will of adult men yeah um, and you see that obviously through the the main characters of uh Rhaenyra and Alicent right um so that was like just an interesting shift that I think this season took um, probably in light of like Me Too um and uh other factors considering like when Game of Thrones came out it was 2011, uh-huh. it's 2022 now. Uh-huh. You do like feel like a shift in the way that they're portraying things, even like, like the intimate scenes, like they are definitely portrayed differently mm. um, than they were in the Game of Thrones. Almost like this show feels more self-aware of the times. And like, even yeah. though it's done, it, the original show did so much for shock value in this show, I do think they're being more careful. Yeah. And yeah, so that was interesting. And then in, connect- in connection with that, the show definitely explored the theme of motherhood. You're following two mothers. You're following Alicent and... Um, A lot of mothers, actually. Rhaenyra and Renice and these women who go through loss that go through different... Just exploring like the inner workings of their motivations, which a lot of them are steered by their desire to protect their children, right. um, and specifically between Alicent and Rhaenyra, yeah, and that power struggle. Um, and one thing, the actress who played Rhaenyra. Uh, said was she said I think despite her questions about motherhood what she discovers is having children is that she gets to build a tribe of her own and actually finds a space where she feels free to be herself and that's in the family unit that she builds so I thought that was interesting the actress like saying that's kind of like her take on ranira and what motherhood means for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on that.
1: Well, the only thing I could think of as an example that was like really clear to me, just to reinforce what you just said, right after Viserys names his daughter as his successor, like, because that's a huge point of the show is Mm -hmm. it's the first time a a woman has been named as successor. Um, The next episode, it's like the beginning of the next episode, she's not sitting at the table with all the men mm-hmm. she's serving them mm-hmm. like food and, and drink the cup bearer, yeah and i was like oh her status almost like has not changed at all she's still mm-hmm. and that's like you know that's a lot there's a lot to say there about the quality of of the writing and the story that it doesn't need to say it you you see it it shows it to you rather than says it to you and that's always a that's always a plus when you're watching content
0: when you show don't mm-hmm. tell yeah exactly yeah, yeah. There's a lot of fascinating differences between this show and Game of Thrones, but I would I would say that the strengths are the same. And that Game of Thrones has always been about complex characters and layered, nuanced
2: motivations uh,
0: motivations. But also like family dynamics, mm-hmm. like Ali said, the way those play out, whether it's motherhood, um, children and their parents, uh, but also yeah, you brought up a lot of great points. The sexuality of the characters as mm-hmm. well is something that we're seeing in a brand new light for this season. So they I feel like mm-hmm. this this run, they really know um, what they want to accomplish with their characters. They really know what, what their brand is. And they're updating it, and they're making it modernized.
2: They are. I mean, even just coming to my mind, the, the difference between um, Rhaenyra, young Rhaenyra, and um, Daenerys, young Daenerys. Yeah. Yeah. Young Daenerys is completely not in tune with her sexuality in the beginning of the show, um, and she has to, like, grow into that. And young Rhaenyra, it's, like, almost... It feels almost faked, honestly, or unrealistic to me. Like, she's, like, immediately in tune with her sexuality, and it's it did feel a little bit like they're trying to compensate for something like we're going to bring in this young woman. She's going to be, she's going to know herself mm. in that regard. And, um,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. It, it, some of it kind of felt like it was compensating for, for like being in a different time, mm. but
1: yeah, I have nothing to say to that. I think you're correct though, from just examining I think her first sexual experience like to our knowledge watching the show was the one with with her uncle well, they, yeah but then the then, same then night she goes she's back like to I'm Sir Kristen
2: yeah I'm ready sir Kristen yeah. it just they, feels very yeah. unrealistic
1: yeah very confidently
2: well yeah. when
0: you're the princess you have all these things at your disposal that's true well, even if it's just the time to have that leisure but they did spend a lot of that episode like exploring her pathway to that moment and um I don't know I think for me it it felt while not maybe entirely familiar, <laughs> it felt like a logical sequence of events. And I don't know. It, it was just an interesting perspective because we see, first of all, that episode was directed by a fantastic woman director whose name is escaping me at this moment. But yeah, they they definitely explored that space through uh, a unique viewpoint that was totally different from There's women, a lot of women Denarius. directors this season. Yeah, there yeah. were one or two, but they had a uh, several repeat directors oh, as well. Okay. I think there were only like four total.
1: One of the other women that I thought of that made a huge impact on me, at least was, and I can't remember her name, but it was, it was, um, the sea snakes daughter who grows up and marries Matt Smith. And then, Oh, she, Lena? she, yeah, the she, had, she has in, in the first episode where they do the time jump, she has the same problem that Viserys's wife did. Rhaenyra's mom did where, Sarahs chose to try to get the baby out, which was sacrificing the mother. Matt Smith's character, um, Damon, has the same choice mm-hmm. given to him. He's like, do you want to, you know, sacrifice the mom for the baby? And this mom, being so badass, like, decides to go out, like, uh, what is it, like, a dragon warrior's death or something like that? I forget what she says. Yeah. And and she, <laughs> you know, decides to go out in flames or something. Immolation by dragon. But th- that whole thing as well, you know, speaking to motherhood, that was one, that was another motherhood. And I know the showrunners said, cause that was the first episode of the time jump. It was also the same episode where it starts with childbirth because Rhaenyra is giving birth and, and, you know, the Allison's like, bring the baby to me and I want to see it immediately. And she like is bleeding and walking up the stairs <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, motherhood definitely. And women being in power and and also trying to in the same way game of thrones did you know subvert or overtake overpower one another is a huge huge through line here
2: yeah and another through line i thought was interesting was the the power um, I guess what the, the desire for power of the Second Sons mm. you see oh, over yeah. and over and over again, um, even ending spoiler alert, with the season finale,
1: right?
2: And the Second Son Eye um, Patch killing the other Second Son, he chomps, which will and you see in in um, Rhaenyra's face in the end that will change the course of the show and her character yeah. forever. Um, She's
0: pissed.
1: Air chomp.
2: Yeah. But, anyways, the theme of the second son, Damon, Lars Strong. Um, Lars is like the creepy guy who's Allison's like. No, I don't know even know what you want to call him. The, the He's a foot, foot lover. Oh, yeah. Um, he kills his own father and brother to succeed or has them killed. Um, the, the younger Valerian brother, who is also killed um, by Damon. Um, Allison's second he son. Tom seems to be the most vengeful and power-hungry. All these second-born sons are essentially looked aside, and so they desire power, and we see how they either fail or succeed to grasp it. Have and so that was just power? interesting to me, too. Why?
0: Have you have you felt this way, Stephen, about desiring power as a second son? Over my brother? Yeah. Taking his birthright? Well, that's actually really interesting.
2: It's recognition. They're craving recognition.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I don't think... I mean, I... I don't think um, every single younger brother feels that way, or middle middle kid, middle child feels that way, but um, I do think it's interesting that Damon, who was presented sort of as an antagonist, we had Viserys for what like eight episodes, nine episodes, and Damon never once tried to usurp no. him or overthrow which him, which
2: was surprising because I thought in the beginning I'm like, oh, he's for sure gonna do something crazy. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, but I think I think he actually loved and respected his yeah, brother. He so. respected the power that he had, mm-hmm. and he wasn't he wasn't about to like go in and you know kill him. And take I him.
2: Think, he, and he think he loves, Rhaenyra too.
1: Yeah, yeah he respected maybe.
0: the station. I don't think he respected he did his brother in
1: the finale.
2: Yeah, well, they also a little, have <laughs> a little bit of a there's some um, well Sean Connery stuff. To their relationship. Oh God.
0: Sometimes um, a woman needs a slap.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what did he say? He's crazy. I guess. Yeah. Um, but Damon and Viserys, you know, their relationship was really fascinating, and I, I do see what you're saying. I, I, I think for the younger crowd, for the for the kids, the upcoming generation, I do think that that will be a big part of it. It's it's going to be kind of crazy.
2: Yeah, I just thought it was it was a very repetitive thing.
1: Right. Yeah, no, and so not. it made There's me a lot of
2: rhyming. Think
1: and there is that. a lot of rhyming;
0: it's like poetry. It
1: rhymes. Yes,
2: it's, it's rhythmic.
1: Like, I also yes. think, yeah, Gabe said this already, but the show this season covers a lot of time, and it's almost jarring. And mm. I, I wonder how many seasons they're going to get out of this show four. because they've already covered so many. It's supposed to be four.
0: That's what everybody's thinking. That's a lot. Three seasons with no more meaningful time jumps. Or substantial, rather, time jumps.
1: Yeah. I I do want to say, though, the one, the one thing that stuck out the most to me during the season, I, I do think every episode was super gripping. The worst episode to me was the episode that didn't feature Rhaenyra that was focused on the greens. Nine. Um, I thought, yeah, episode nine. I thought that episode was kind of just brutal to get through. And I, I, really, I think it's because the main conflict, having Rhaenyra versus allison or you know the greens versus the the targaryens or whatever is like the main conflict of the show and when it's not there it's it's like a little bit difficult to carry but all that being said the main thing that stuck out to me this season was how good viserys was the the actor that played him and the the thing that stuck out to me the most was viserys as a king and i guess he's he's supposed to be this way is supposed to be like a very middling you know, kind of just blase, kind of king, not very good, not very bad at his job. He's just kind of like, but he was considered to have the best reign, the best miniatures, was peaceful. Yeah, in in all the Targaryen history, because of you know, I think because of his, I don't know. There was that episode where he goes on the hunt, and it kind of displays his weakness or whatever as a, as a as a character as a person but i don't i don't necessarily see him as weak because in the end and and he contested for this the night that he died when he got his whole family together for dinner that like he just thinks everybody should just be happy and and be what? be present and well no i mean you can you can see where he's coming from and i think i think if you look back at the season and you watch his character he's not just a boring king he's He's a key, he's kind of a moral king in that he has a little bit of idealism to like like a hope for like you know can't we all just get along kind of idea.
2: I think he tries to see the best in everyone cuz he see when Allison goes crazy not, you know he he still loves her and he tries to see the best in her and he's He's, he's, he's also the same very thing forgiving to yeah. and he yeah he's forgiving and he wants to keep the peace.
1: Yeah, and I I really appreciated honestly I mean not only seeing a character that a lot of people would otherwise just kind of view as, you know, whatever, or, or, and also, but the way that the, the, the actor, what's his name?
0: Patty Considine.
1: Patty Considine. I really appreciated the, the way that Patty Considine, Considine played this character. He, he acted the shit out of that role <laughs> so much so that the, the episode that he died, uh, the night that it aired, George R.R. Martin texted him the night that the the episode aired and said, your Viserys is better than my Viserys. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. Because, I mean, think about this. Like, you had a character who was kind of written to be kind of caught up in in the family turmoil, not really swaying to one side or another, really slow to make decisions if any decision making is to be had at all. And then... And you, you, you comprise this character and who this character is going to be. You make this character up from nothing. You give that character to an actor to play and it ends up, you know, being better than the character that you envision. I think that's really saying something.
0: Well, it's, it's like you said, this season pulled episodes and scenes out of what was just footnotes and single sentences. So King Viserys the first wasn't really much of a character until this show. Yes. As opposed to like the last show, which had... Plenty of characters who were already fleshed out. So it gave him a lot of space to maneuver and mm-hmm. create something of his own, which I think, he totally did.
1: I think he, he will be up for an Emmy. Like, oh, yeah. almost almost confidently, yeah. if not winning the Emmy for yeah. this role. I think
2: so, too. That scene where he's, you know, his flesh is falling off his face. Yeah. And, he, and everyone's everyone's debating who will succeed House Valerian and all of that in, in the, the throne room. And then he walks in with his cane and everyone is just silence. yeah so you see that that level of respect Mm -hmm. and and the what he brings to the room his crown by the end of the season
1: his crown falling off and damon being Mm -hmm. the one to pick it up and put it back on him was all improv
2: whoa that's crazy
1: it, it was an accident wow and then and then matt smith picked it up and put it back on him Wow. And they and they just kept rolling. Holy that, moly! Wow! And it and it was so that cool.
2: Said so much. I know because it
1: also played into like I was saying the dynamic between the brothers mm-hmm. and Damon's respect for his brother, mm-hmm. which is so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, like, really freaking cool. Yeah, I love that even in a show like this, which is like maybe the second most expensive show ever made, or one of them, that the creators, the creatives, you know, behind the show are giving you know enough wiggle room for the actors to even you know make choices like that and and keep it in the f- the finale which is or the the final product of the show which is really cool
0: yeah it's really interesting too because they since they covered so much time to be able to still explore the character's growth in 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 detail and and have it be kind of really explored slowly yeah it was an interesting achievement something we haven't seen from game of thrones yet yeah totally to see 20 years of this man's life, to see him young and in his prime. And then, you know, half a generation later be on his deathbed. Yeah. I love
1: that he aged and Matt Smith didn't age at all. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's pretty crazy to yeah. think about.
1: I, I have to say one of my favorite memes I've seen is it's like a, like a Tinder profile, uh, conversation and the girl's like, how old are you? And the guy's responds and says like, I'm somewhere between like I'm between 20 and 50. I said this earlier, but, and she's like, what? Send me your pick. And then it's a picture of Matt Smith. (laughs) Uh,
0: I want to say one more thing about this show. Um, that was what drew me into game of Thrones in the first place back in the day that another one of those things that kind of lost along the way is the realism and fleshing out the idea of consequences for your actions. And, uh, accountability things like that essentially like characters not having plot armor and i think we're only going to get more of that moving forward it's just it's very refreshing right especially in a again to be cynical about modern content when like you know characters are always never really dead they're always coming back and um game of thrones draws a hard line at uh consequences for your actions so i can appreciate that yeah
1: that's true and i and i do think that i think more Modern content outside of like very uh, whatever, quote unquote, fantasy, realistic shows like this should do that. I mean, I've thought the same thing about Stranger Things since season one. Oh, yeah. Oh, such and such should have just died there. Um, But, you know, Stranger Things, the the creators in response have said, we're not Game of Thrones. Like we're Stranger Things. So like, I think I think everything has its place. I do wish, though, there'd be more consequences for actions in other shows besides Game of Thrones being like, you know, the proponent for it.
0: Yeah. And to have it be so deep and nuanced as in Game of Thrones, like. Right. Like even just with you take a single character like Viserys and and his complexity. It's just it's so cool to watch every week and to have that. It just it feels good to be back in Game of Thrones at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, and and right off of episode 2 we had the theme song again and I was like I was kind of blown away actually that they made that choice.
0: Yeah. But new
1: new animation but same yeah, song, same song. And uh I think the music also this season was very good. I think it, I mean it, I think it stuck out to me even more than previous
0: Game of Thrones. Ramin is back. Is he doing it again? He's doing every every other game or HBO show is Ramin now. Oh yeah, did you Westworld? Yeah, he's did Westworld. He's done a few other things, I think, for HBO. But yeah, he's I think just as integral to the success of this franchise, right, as any actor or showrunner. Yeah, <laughs> maybe more. I mean, when you think about the music of Game of Thrones, especially his his work was the finest in what was an otherwise uh, debacle of a mm-hmm. uh, final few seasons. If you think about his. Like that number that was playing when Cersei blew up the, the Sept. Just so much good music. It's so nice to hear. Right. Yeah. You could gush about it for, forever. Howie, who do you think will take, <laughs> who do you think will win the Game of Thrones? The Dance of Dragons. Who do you think will win? We already know.
2: No, well, you Well know. Steven says we already know, and oh, he's always named comments. The original
1: Game of Thrones talked about what happens in this show. Yeah, but nobody remembers
0: that. Yeah, unless I you looked it up again. I which, don't know. What's you know the happen. spoilers because you're a spoilers, guy. I am a spoilers guy. I've I've done a little dancing around it, no pun intended. <laughs> of dragons. <laughs> but I, I don't know for sure who ends up winning this conflict. And so I'm on the edge of my seat.
2: I feel like I can't really answer that question, but I can answer it. I, I can answer that question of, I am Team Rhaenyra. You're Team sure. Blacks. Yeah, I just I not the Greens. The green, this is the green. The That's Greens, how, Allison. That's Yeah. The high towers no, are green. I mean I do like I think Allison's like a good character, but Rhaenyra, I think, I mean the next season could be totally different with her, but I just feel like she is someone worth rooting for. I don't think she's had like malicious intent throughout her season, and I think she's just tried to hold on to like doing what's right in the midst of being named a successor. And um, and yeah, I I don't know. I like her, and I and I'm rooting for her. I think her motivations are good, but I think everything's gonna change because of what just happened. Allison, I feel like she's got more like sticky fingers. Mm. She's got Mm -hmm. she's got um, hands
0: in the cookie jar. Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and you do see it, <laughs> and uh, I don't trust her. And right. you just you just see kind of like even in that one scene where she does lose her cool. She's not gonna be a stable, a long term stable
0: genius, stable genius
2: person of character. She's not,
0: going mad, mad queen. She's going. She's cool kind of going mad
2: queen. And so far, I think where Nira has showed shown us a stable character but i think we are going to go into a season where she perhaps is more ruled by revenge because of what just happened but i think there's a lot of justification in that
0: or like cersei you know hell hath no fury like a mother whose child has just been eaten by a dragon in the sky
2: yeah well, well i Spoilers.
0: don't know it's funny that she found out Spoiler. you think it would take a while for news to reach
2: i know it was so good. well was we don't know how forward. long it had yeah. gone yeah
0: well Re- renis renis Rainis, Rainis, She flew on a dragon to tell the news. Yeah, she on patrol. She probably saw half of her nephew and was like, oh. Whoops. Her great nephew. It, really <laughs> The relationships are confusing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, one thing's for sure. It's going to... There's going to be more death.
0: <laughs> it's going to be hot. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a wild ride. Can't wait to see all the dragons, man. Well, so many dragons. There's some big ones and there's some little ones yeah some medium-sized ones okay all right well here's the game of thrones theme
1: song (laughs) honestly a a theme I never thought I'd play on this podcast